Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Say, I am thankful. No matter what happens, I am thankful. I have everything that pertains to life and godliness because Jesus is in me. Amen. Amen. You believe that? And, uh, you know, that right there, if you can do that and mean it and feel it and it changes how you feel and think and then subsequently your behavior is biblical repentance. So that's my goal today is get you to repent. (laughs) You know, and it's interesting because those of us that have been believers for quite a while, you know, you hear terms like that. You hear mind renewal, you hear transformation, you hear repentance, and and repentance come, and you know, I don't know what you think of. In fact, let me just, we'll make this interactive today. Uh, Based on your background, maybe not necessarily what you know now, when I say repentance, what does that make you think? Let's do a word association. Repentance, grovel, altar call, time to feel guilty, apologize. You could demonstrate it. <laughs> what is that? Fall down and, oh, Lord. Who else? Turn or burn. Turn away. Now we're starting to trend toward what it actually means. So what it, now that you know, what does repentance actually mean? Change your mind. That's really good. Change your heart. Yeah, that's, all, that's what it is. But repentance does have to do with turning away from sin. But uh, when, when you really understand the spiritual nature of the kind of beings that we are, and you understand that the beliefs that you hold in your heart drive every aspect of your life, then Christianity becomes more about dealing with your thoughts, your beliefs, your inner relationship with the Lord than it is the external root or external fruit, right? The fruit signifies the root. And it's like if you have an apple tree in your, let's say you have a pecan tree in your backyard and it drops limbs and pecans and you're just ready to get rid of it and you want to get rid of that pecan tree and you go out there and you start picking all the pecans off. I hate this pecan tree. I'm just going to get rid of all these pecans. It just keeps littering and all these stains and all this. I'm going to keep getting rid of it. And you start trying to maybe even pick the leaves off and you try to cut the leaves. It's like, that's not going to get rid of that tree, is it? Nope. What do you got to do? You got to cut that thing down. You got to get that, you got to dig that root out so that it has no opportunity. The same thing with weeds, you know. If you walk over to a dandelion, you blow on it. That's not how you get rid of that thing. Externally, it might look like it's stripped down, but it's just going to come right back and spread and grow and all that. Biblical repentance gets down to the root. The, the behavior is the fruit. Yes, you should put forth some effort to change your behaviors, but more so deal with those heart beliefs that's driving that stuff. And that's why we focus so much on identity. It's why we focus so much on what Christ has done in you in that spiritual circumcision of your heart to remove that root of sin out of you and put his new spirit, 
and give you a new heart and write his laws on that new heart. Now, it should be natural for you to hear and follow and obey God and live in such a way that reflects the salvation that he's given you and then live outwardly in a way that glorifies him, not through behavior modification and effort, even though you're still inside a rotten, dirty sinner. Now, when you actually start to believe that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ and you've changed inwardly, everything externally will start to change, and it's just the reality. And you guys have heard that, and I will say it over and over and over and over because what it's going to do is it's going to sink into your heart in one area and affect your life, and then you'll hear it in another way in another area and then another way in another area, and the heart is dynamic and is still seeking to grasp. Your, your heart is that place between soul, spirit, that is trying to be receptive to the Word of God and as the word grows in you, it produces transformation through you. Amen? Amen? You changing the way that you think is not going to be what changes you. You changing the way that you think to be in alignment and receptive to the word of God for application is what's going to change you because the word, the seed, the inner kingdom will then change you. Amen? And that's the spiritual process. That's the spiritual aspect of transformation that you can't make happen. You can only slow it down. God's already done the work inside of you in your spirit. We want to get in agreement with that and let the word have a complete work through us. And I just feel like, so this is, I mean, you know, this series could almost be like Thought Life 2.0 maybe. <laughs> that was like, if Thought Life was 101, this is 102 because we're still kind of talking about that inner world, the way that you think, but we're just focusing specifically on thankfulness and gratitude. So we're talking about a grateful heart. Last week we looked at, this is number two, last week we looked at um, the process of the ancient Israelites and how they got themselves into a position of not being able to enter into the promised land that God promised them you know, this is, this is a thing. When you start to try to believe that you actually can experience healing and provision and wisdom and supernatural experience in your life, there are often times well-meaning Christians, Bible-believing Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ, that will look at it from an external perspective and run a, a math equation about the Word of God based on what's happening in your life in this realm and come to the conclusion that you shouldn't believe for healing to happen because after all, look at the circumstances. And it's like the children of Israel had a promise from God that they would be delivered from Egypt and go into the promised land. God said that, did he not? Most of them couldn't make it. Why? Because of this. So here's what I'm saying. God makes promises, but faith has to receive them. Faith has to be a part of it. And faith is not something, listen, please hear me. Listen, are you, are you listening? Say yes, I'm listening. Faith is not what you do to get God to respond to you. You don't do faith to then try to get God to move and answer prayers. Faith is your response to what God has already done in Christ. 
He's given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So what faith does is it persuades its you faith. If you're in faith, you're persuading yourself of who God is, that he is a provider, that he has given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness, that all his promises are yes and amen. And all of the things that we talk about, not just so that you can get your needs met, but so that God is glorified. God is glorified when you walk in a promise that he made that's available through Christ. When those Israelites, after 40 years, the ones that could make the journey, crossed the Jordan River, he split the second sea, and they went in, and they started to clean house and take care of those giants in that land because those guys could believe that God would be faithful. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't that God was deciding whether or not he was going to be faithful. It was that were they in a position... See, oh, man. I think, this, I think this is important. Let me just make this point. God made a promise. He wanted it for them. I want this for you. I want you to be in a land where you didn't build these houses, you didn't plant these gardens, but you reap the benefit of the blessing that is in this land. That's what God wanted for his people. He wanted them in a place where he could be a blessing to them. That's just the nature of God. He's a good father, amen? But the fact that they, because mankind has dominion in this earth, they had to trust him and mix faith in their heart with his promise to enter into it. So why could they not enter in? It, it was unbelief, yeah. But also, too, had they entered in and not done the heart work inwardly to be in a position to hear him say, go wipe out that nation of giants over there, they hadn't gone through the process that faith brings you to, to trust that God will be there with you through the next thing that you're going to walk through that might be more difficult even though he's leading you into it and the, the accomplishment of it brings you glory. So in other words, they hadn't done the work inwardly. They hadn't done the repentant process of inwardly meditating on what he had done, being grateful for the deliverance out of Egypt, thinking about all of the plagues that he brought upon Egypt to deliver them, thinking about how amazing it is that they've got this pillar of fire and cloud by day protecting them, being grateful for the food every day. All they had to do was wake up, reach out and grab the food. Manna on the ground. If you're unfamiliar with that story, God delivered his nation, the nation of Israel, out of Egypt. And for 40 years, their clothes didn't wear out. Think, I mean, honestly, you know, we hear these stories and they're kind of cartoonish in our thinking, like it's not real. You know, like we know it's real. We believe it. We believe the Bible. But have you actually taken time to like put yourself in the position of an ancient Israelite? You're in a tent. You're hearing the goats out there. What is the, what is the pillar of fire sound like? You know what fire sounds like. You ever been near a big fire? What do you think that pillar of fire would have sounded like? And it warmed millions. What do you think that cloud would have looked like that hovered over in a desert? A desert. What would it have looked like? I mean, look up. What would, it, what would that cloud have looked like? And then you wake up every morning, you go out there, and there's your food right there on the ground. Manna. That's God. Do we make those things a reality? Now, what they did is probably what a lot of us would do. And they wake up, I'm tired of this food. I'm tired. I want some honey. I want something better. I want something more. I don't even know what this stuff is. You, you know that's what manna means? What is it? 
what is this stuff anyway? Ooh. They got to grumbling and complaining. And this was their process, unthankful, complaining, hardness of heart, unbelief, disobedience, unable to enter into God's presence or promises is what it eventually led them to. And if you go back and you read through and you watch, you go through the journey of the children of Israel, that's what you see. And this is, this is uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 2, that brings down to the main point why they couldn't experience the promises of God. And it wasn't that God withheld, because it's a faith journey, it was that they couldn't follow God into the next thing because their hearts wouldn't let, him, wouldn't let them go there. So Hebrews 4, 2 for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word, in other words, the promise, say promise, promise, which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. Oftentimes, the reason that the promises, the promise for healing, the promise for provision, the promise for uh, you know, help with that sin that you just keep staying stuck in, oftentimes we don't profit from the promise or the accomplishment of Christ's atonement in this life because we haven't mixed faith with the promise. We haven't mixed faith with it. And again, faith is not something that you do to impress God to then give you something. It's a coming into agreement with that which is available already in spirit form. Now, we can go so far as we kind of grasp the understanding of that, but you have to let the Holy Spirit teach you how to walk through the rest of that process. Does that make sense? So a grateful heart mixes faith with God's promises. Think about that. What promises are you standing on? And again, I'm not just talking about just so that your quality of life improves. Now, if you're in pain and you need a miracle, I understand that. That may be a singular focus of yours is that, you know what, I, I'm going to die if something doesn't change here. I can't move, and I get that, and there's debilitating things that people are going through, and we need personal transformation as a result of the Word of God bearing fruit in our lives, right? But, but in general, we're talking about so that we can be blessed to be a blessing. It's got to be a bigger thing than just our personal needs. And I just want to challenge it. Going into 2024, you know, I've already got like three different sermon series mapped out that I'm really excited about. One is just on Psalm 37. I got that a couple of days ago. It's going to be awesome. But where we are at this point in this series is just the idea of doing thankfulness. Say, I will do thankfulness. <laughs> and I was just thinking about this. I was reading some of these passages and the idea of gratitude. You know, for us, oftentimes, gratitude is reactive. But biblical gratitude is proactive. Think about that for just a minute. Thankfulness and gratitude is proactive. Now, we are in the unusual situation of being grateful for something that God has provided in spiritual seed form in Christ that may or may not have manifested in or borne fruit into your life yet, whether it be patience or wisdom or guidance to the right job or a spouse or those deeper intimate desires, you know. The way to experience the promises of God is to be thankful that He's already given them to you in Christ. Because that's the mystery. That's the mystery of the kingdom. That everything you, first off, everything you need from God is in Christ.
and Christ is in you. But he's in there as a seed spiritually to grow and become the fulfillment of that desire. Amen? Amen. And so are you thankful? It's like, bless God, that kingdom is in there. That, that, prompt, that seed is in there. I'm not trying to figure out how to get God to invade my circumstances. The solution is in there. And if I will renew my mind, push out the doubt, you know, yeah, I got to deal with my sin issues. I got to turn away from that stuff because that stuff is hardening my heart. I don't want to minimize the effect of sin. It's dishonoring to God. It hurts your witness. It puts you in an early grave. Deal with it. Stop it. But even the deeper issue is inwardly, are you, are you thankful for salvation? Are you thankful for that Christ is in? everything that you need, everything you're believing God for, everything that maybe it's not even a thing, you're just believing that your life would be more honoring and glorifying of Him as you're thankful that He's in there seeking to shape you into such a way where your life is radically glorifying of Him, it starts to tune your thinking to be more receptive to the wisdom that He's going to give you to move and live in that way. And then there's grace available to strengthen you to live it out. Are you with me? Are you thankful that the kingdom of God is in you? Because that is the source of everything that you need. Just sit and think about that. Man, the living God. I'm a, I am the temple. of Now, you know, depending on what kind of church you came out of, it might be you, gotta, you might got to get over that hurdle first and realize, no, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the temple of the living God. I am that which God promised through Abraham, a holy nation of priests to be a blessing to the whole earth. Amen. That's who you are. And if you can get that, then you can, take, you can keep going, right? But if you can't get over that, then, then you get stuck and I'm not going to go through all that. So I wanted to look at Romans 8 because being grateful for something that is in you in the kingdom but maybe not yet evident in your life, uh, spiritual thinking will either nurture or kill it. So I just wanted to get this. Gratitude is a spiritual concept. Proactive gratitude. Reactive gratitude is carnal. You know what I'm saying? Somebody gives you a thousand bucks and you're like, oh man, now I can pay rent. Bless God, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that that happened. But what we need to work on is the gratitude that is available in Christ. So it's a repentant process. Romans 8, 5 through 7. For those who live according to the flesh, see their minds, or set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the mind, right? Because, because action follows thoughts. Romans 8, 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, choosing gratitude is spiritual mindedness. And what does that do? Leads to life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now remember, the Israelites, they couldn't enter into the promise that God had for them because they were grumbling and complaining. They didn't mix faith in their heart with the seed. It's, a, it's an attack. <laughs> they're, they're surrounding us back there. Anyway, I was watching online. What's he talking about? His kids running around in there. So a grateful heart mixes faith with God's promises. Gratitude is proactive. 
Now, gratitude is spiritual thinking. And what will spiritual thinking do? Leads to life and a whole lot of fun. Are they outside? That's awesome. Gratitude is repentance and mind renewal. Think about that. How can you be thankful ahead of time? What can you be thankful for? I'm going to give you something practical here in a little bit. I'm just kind of big picture talking about the idea. So let's look at Psalm 100, 1 through 5. Now this is David. Make a joy. So to me, watch for the proactive gratitude here, okay? Psalm 100, verse 1. We're going to read the whole one. It's only five verses. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. I'm not a big shouter, but, you know, some people are. Tori will let you do the shouting for us back then. I make a joyful, or make, so make a joyful shout, all of you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Think about that. Do you serve the Lord with gladness? Or do you serve with obligation? Come before his presence with singing. Think about that. When you pray, how do you go? How do you approach God? Well, here I am, Lord. Lord, I got something we got to talk about. Singing. Uh, verse three. Know that. Uh, no, sorry. Know that the Lord, He is God. Be still and know that I'm God. Now we're talking about proact. You want to know how to proactive. Be, gra be grateful, be grateful proactively. This is what you do. Know that the Lord is God. Can you do that? Be still and know that I am God. Now, what, what do you know about God? It is He who has made us. Are you thankful for that? I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, I kind of wish I wouldn't have been born. Honestly, have you ever, you ever felt that way? It'd be, I would, I'm grateful for life, but I don't know that I really would. I'm kinda, I kind of wish I'd have never been here. People think that way. A lot of people think that way. They're fools. It is he, they're not, did you say they're fools? I did. They're just hurt and they're broken. I mean, it might be a foolish way of thinking, but, you know, I understand people come that way by that honestly because they've experienced horrific trauma, you know? I mean, there's people that are enslaved by Hamas right now. And they're being tortured and raped and watching their children's heads be cut off. They're probably sitting there thinking, I wish I were dead. That person even can do this. I mean, we got it easy in a lot of ways. Not that we compare ourselves because we have legitimate issues, but... It's he who made us and not ourselves. I'm not my own. If, if you, if you uh, that was one of the things that Andrew was talking about the past couple of days is the pain that comes from selfishness. We are so wrapped up in our own worlds, in our own lives. This self-centeredness, right? We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Say, I am not my own. Talking about proactive gratitude. It's almost a meditative process here. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving 
and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. Honestly, how many of you, it's a normal part of your prayer life to bless his name? That's more than I thought. It's, it's not for me. And so I'm looking at this thinking, oh, I need, I need to incorporate that more, right? Not because I feel like, ooh, God's going to be mad at me because I haven't been doing that right, but I see the power in it. I see the, I see the fruit that could come from it, right? So uh, be thankful to him and bless his name. Last verse, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures. His truth endures. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I want to look at the word for thankful. It's the word yada. Go ahead, say it. Yada, yada, yada. yada. You know, Seinfeld fans. Yeah. The Hebrew word is yada, and, the, and the, uh, the root word is yota. Not yoda, but... Uh, so, but yada is this. Now, think about this, and it might be too small. You can look on the back if you're closer to the back, but I'll read it. Um, so we're talking about thankfulness, gratitude. Look at the definition. It's to throw, shoot, or cast, to shoot arrows. So when it says, um, enter his gates with thanksgiving, this is, this is the idea, to cast down, now, so when you hear in relation to thankfulness and you see throw, shoot, cast, what do you think? Louder. I hear cast your cares upon him. Cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. That, that is proactive gratitude. God, I got this burden. I'm carrying this weight. And it's legitimate. You know, your family members, your children, your job, your health, whatever it might be, you've got burdens, right? To be grateful proactively toward him is to cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he's your God. And then you go back through. See, this is the way that I want to start. I really, if I can, if I can, choose the kind of fruit that I want in your life as it relates to the messages that we bring in this place, the kind of discipleship and ministry, it's that you would engage the Word of God as if you're actually eating something that's going to nourish you and then produce results through you. And it's that, that you would do this. Enter into His gates, that you would praise Him, be thankful to Him. Because you're thinking, He is the Lord, my God. He made me. He knows, he knows how I work. He knows exactly how I work. And He's promised to me that He would not leave me nor forsake me. He will not abandon me. You are not left to yourself. Amen? God knows what you're going through. And then you think about Jesus who came here. God emptied Himself took upon himself humanity, the likeness of sinful flesh, it says, became just like you, knows exactly what you're going through. You think that God doesn't know what you're going through? Uh, let me tell you, he does. Jesus was tempted in every way like you are, yet without sin. And that's not so that he can turn around and go, do better. It's so that I get it, I understand. And let me show you, I will help you. That's what grace is. 
Grace is not, oh, you poor little thing. Grace is, let me give you some power because I've been through it. I know the mechanism that it takes to overcome this, and my spirit in you will give you the same power that I used to walk through that thing as well. And gratitude will teach your mind and your heart to then trust his spirit to give you that type of strength inwardly. But it all comes out of the word. The definition, to cast down. What are you casting down? Vain imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Fears. What else are you casting down? In, in your proactive gratitude, what are you casting down? Complaining. Complaining. Fear. Fear. Worry. 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 How about your past? Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward. Uh, to give thanks and laud praise. I, li I like this one here. This is a facet of the word gratefulness in Hebrew. To confess the name of God. Wow. Do you know the names of God in Hebrew? And do you think about them? You know, so if you need to experience provision as God promises, think about the fact that, first off, He self-identifies as Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And when God says, I am, you have the obligation to persuade yourself to be fully convinced that he is indeed that. Amen. So if when you hear, when you see him declare, I am this, I am the Lord God, your healer, you have every right to expect to experience that aspect of his identity in your life. And it's faith that mixes with his identity his promise to be that for you. Well, then if, if it's healing, then why don't you just go down to the children's hospital and deliver all those families that are broken and hurting down there? I get it. I understand it. You old... <laughs> Look at there. I am growing up. Well, you know what? Even the disciples couldn't do miracles on demand. Even Jesus, when he went into his hometown of Nazareth and tried to heal some people, they, they couldn't receive from him because they didn't have faith that it could happen. And again, it's not your faith that moves him, but it's your lack of faith that stops from receiving from him. And what is faith? It's a response, not an action that you do to get God to move. Faith is a response. I love it. Confess the names of God. You're looking for something practical of how to be grateful and thankful? Confess the names of God. And then just stop and think about it. Think about God self-identifies as Jehovah Jireh. He says, I am this. How many of you need provision? How many of you God wants to believe, believe that God wants to provide for you? Yeah. Then meditate on that. Let him be that for you. Well, you're just saying that I shouldn't have any need. You're just saying that, that this, you're just painting this. I don't know that you're, this, this sounds like health and wealth. This sounds like, I'm just trying to take God at his word. 
It's like he says, I want a separated nation of kings and priests that will be that will let me bless them so radically that they then can be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. That's his idea. I didn't come up with that. What do you think that kind of blessing looks like? Jesus. That is a spiritual holy nation. Say, that's me. And the more that we can grasp that identity and put that on in our thinking and let God bless us to get it through us, the world will start to look and say, I don't know about that, I don't know about that seven day creation. I don't know about all those animals on that boat thing, but I see what's going on in your life and I knew you. I know you. I know what you were like when you were seven and 17 and 27 and 37. And now I see you and listen, you can't do that. I know who you are. There must be something. Tell me what's going on with you, you know? Are you with me? Gratitude is not a trait. It's not just nice people. You have to choose it and practice it. Practice it. This is the last couple of verses here, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. He just floats that out there. Be anxious for nothing. You hear me? Be anxious for nothing. Now, why can you be anxious for nothing? Because the Lord your God is your maker. He is God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Not just the stuff that's going your way. Everything. By prayer and supplication. Supplication is just, you know, your, your communication with the, what you're offering or presenting or requesting. With thanksgiving, say thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Let your request be made. See, what we do is we let our request be made known to God with fear. We let our request be made known to God with worry with confusion. We let our requests be made known to God with a little bit of anger, maybe with a little bit of ridicule. God, don't you know? I mean, what, 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 ask yourself this, what is the predominant attitude in which you make your request known to God? Confusion? Disappointment? Honestly, think about it. I don't want you to beat yourself up or feel guilty. I just want you to repent. Because it will bring life to you. Honestly, think about it. If you were thankful as you are praying or letting your request be made known, what would that change for you? And it's not that you deny reality. It's just that you embrace a higher truth. We're embracing a higher realm. We're embracing spiritual reality, spiritual fruit and nourishment. And then what? The peace of God, which passes all understanding. And that, that phrase is, it, it's not that you don't get to understand it. It's not that you don't understand it. It's just that it's better than understanding. God's peace 
as a result of your thankfulness is better than understanding. Like if you could choose to understand it or have peace, peace is better. And it's not that you don't understand it. It's just that peace is better. You might have understanding without peace. We want peace with understanding. Peace and understanding. I'm, I'm having fun here. <laughs> Let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard. And then what? And then that peace guards your heart. And why is that so important? Because that's where you believe. That's where everything happens between you and the Lord is right on that inner man. That place where Hebrews 4.12 talks about where the word gets in and divides between soul and spirit and bears fruit. If that place is guarded by peace because you've been thankful, you're, you will less limit the word of God bearing fruit in your heart and in your life. And then we look at the Israelites. The reason they couldn't enter in, they complained, grumbled, which brought them to a place of unbelief, which brought them to a place where they couldn't enter in. Not because God withheld it from them, but because they couldn't walk by faith and enter into it, that which he was, he was offering. And so then this is, like, this is like super practical of how you do, how you do it. This is almost like an inventory of, like you can use this list as an inventory to go through and incorporate thankfulness in every little thing, right? In every aspect of your life. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Am I grateful for the truth? Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's how you do thankfulness. That's how you get yourself out of complaining, fear, and worry, is you do these things with thanksgiving till peace is produced, which is then the environment within which the Spirit of God does some pretty amazing things in your life. It's just what it does. It's just the nature of it. The, the kingdom in you is just naturally seeking to be amazing in and through you. And thankfulness lets it do that to more of a degree. Do you see that? These things which you learned and received and heard, saw in me, these do. Or in another translation, it says, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, is he with you because you do it? Why is he with you? Why is the God of peace with you? Because he lives in you. Why does he live in you? I'm taking you to school today. Why does he live in you? Why does the God of peace live in you? Because he loves us. Why? What would you say, Don? You asked him to. You accepted him. You believe. That's what happens. You become one with him. So he's not going to leave you. It's not that you've got to do this to get him to be with you. It's that you will experience that he is already with you. That, that, that is the mystery of the gospel. That is the mystery of the kingdom, that everything you need is there. And, it, and, it, and it's like, let me just stop limiting, and it will bear fruit after its own kind. That's pure faith is just takes God at his word. Doesn't try and figure it out, but you stop limiting it through doubt, fear, yes, sinful behavior, obviously. 
And then these are, let me just give you some of these. There are physical and emotional benefits to thanksgiving, to gratitude. You know, when it, we all think that, God, that it says to bless your food, but actually it says to eat with thanksgiving. I didn't have that verse. What's that? Anyway, so these are, the, these are just physical and emotional benefits of gratitude and thankfulness. These are all studies. I posted a, an article in the um, uh, Forward Church Facebook group. Uh, so if you're not part of that, you can go in there. It's a private group, which, by the way, if you're watching this on our public page on Facebook, we have a private group where we actually stream the entire service. The worship is in there as well, um, but we don't put that on the public page just for consistency. So anyway, these are just physical and emotional benefits of gratitude. These are all, there's all kind of studies done. You get better sleep, reduced depression and anxiety, improved heart health, lower blood pressure, fewer aches and pains. I, mean, I need to be more thankful. Clearer skin, reduced stress levels, increased positivity and happiness, longevity. That's just physical benefits. Amen? It's proactive. So, you know, uh, it's up to you to determine how to proactively incorporate gratitude into your situations. Because what gratitude will do is it will help you see God's options, and He's always got options. He is an unlimited, you know, oftentimes we get stuck and we get stuck in this like bullseye mentality in terms of the will of God. And it's like, okay, well, God, I want to do this, but there's, there's one thing that I'm supposed to do. And I got to buy that house and I got to take that job and I got to buy that piece of land and I got to go to this place and I got to marry that person and I got to be this. And it's like, and if I don't, if I don't find out the perfect, exact, perfect, right thing, then I'm missing your best. And I really can't imagine living that way. That is terrifying because you'll never get there. Honestly, if you've got to hit the bullseye in everything, God's very creative and unlimited. Now, are there things that he will specifically lead you to? Of course. And are there some things that will work out better than others? Of course. But don't worry about if you miss the perfect thing because God can work. God is unlimited. God can bring water out of a rock. And then he says, if you'd have really trusted me, you could have gotten honey out of it also. Are you kidding me? Honey out of a rock? If you make a bad decision, listen, God is unlimited in what he can still do through that thing once you bring yourself back on course. Are you with me? Just let that burden go. You've made mistakes. Of course you have. We all have. I got a secret. I got news for you. You're going to make more. Does that mean God's mad at you? No. He's not disappointed. He knows. He knows you're human. Of course. But gratitude gets us to a place where you start to relinquish control. How many of you pray and you give God his plan? I mean, you've worked on this blueprint. And if God would just do this, you got it all figured out already. 
that's not gratitude. That's control. That's fear is what that is. Now, I'm not saying don't be strategic and wise. I'm, you know, there's a paradox here, but you don't have to control everything. God's so much bigger than maybe what you've been thinking. And I just think that gratitude is a way to broaden what we will let God do through us. So, proactive. And I just want you to think about that as you go out of here. Where am I? Go, the go, I'll, I'll give you some homework. All right, here's your homework. Go back to Psalm 100. It's only five verses. And read through it looking specifically for actionable steps that you can put into practice in your life and in your prayer life and as you pray for others and as you let the circumstances of the world around you affect you. Will you do that? Say Psalm 100. Read it and do it, because that's what he says here. He says, this is, it's the last thing that he, says in, that he says in Philippians. He says, these things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Say do. 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 And the God of peace will be with you. Amen? Let's stand up if you would. And I just want you to think about that just for a moment. Just think about, all right? Proactive gratitude. What is that? How many of you, you kind of feel like you, it, you already have something? Raise, raise your hand. Just wave at me. A couple of you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I want you to do this. I don't want you to just go out and say, man, that's a really good sermon. We got out on time today. <laughs> do it. Would you? Would you do it? Would you just do it, please? Just do it. If you're in here today and you have not said yes to Jesus and you would like to for the first time today, we always want to give the opportunity. And also, too, you know, we, we want to um, help you walk in everything that God has. Glenn, are you available to come down and Bob or you back? You're pointing it. He's got something to do. We got some guys that will pray for you and with you. I, I, you know what? I'm calling an audible. I'm going to start doing it over here. Over here. Yeah. Over there. Meet them over there. <laughs> that way it's behind the speakers and not in the bright, shiny lights. I often think sometimes people are like, I would like to go pray, but I don't want to be under the lights. So I'm going to park you guys over there from now on. Does that sound good? Um, and that way it's quieter back there. There's more room, more private. Um, but if you would like to say yes to Jesus for the first time, you've never said yes, just, just raise your hand. Let me see your hand in the room. And there's maybe somebody online watching. We have a video. And then also, too, I'll, Travis, did you raise your hand? You getting saved today? Okay. Um, and if you'd like to see all the gifts working through you, you know, we, we are a miracle-expecting, Bible-believing church, and we believe the gifts are for today. We may frame some things a little bit differently, but, uh, you know, I, I want you experiencing all the gifts, and, you know, I, I want to look at what that looks like to help you embrace that. Uh, that includes experiencing the baptism of the Spirit, praying in tongues, all of that kind of stuff. So if any of that stuff you are not walking in and you'd like to, let these guys, if you need healing or you need some type of, you just need prayer, go to these guys. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you and we trust you. I highly regard and value your word, and I want to use it to shape every belief that is in me because your ways are better than my ways. And when I think spiritually, when I think in agreement with you, it leads me to life. And I want to choose thankfulness, and I will incorporate proactive gratitude into my life. I'm not, I'm not going to just be subject 
to the circumstances of my life. I will not be a victim of my emotions and thoughts. I will meditate in the Word of God and I will be thankful and I will approach God with gratitude and I will be a receptive vessel that His kingdom can grow in and His Word can transform. And I thank you and I worship you, Lord. Father, we thank you that uh, we experience and see every promise that you have for us so that we would glorify you and that we step out in boldness and help others know and experience you. And just finally, just let him know that you trust him. I trust you, Lord. And we go out of here with praise. We go out of here with thanksgiving. We go out of here grateful. We go out of here appreciative of who you are. And you're seeking to live your life with us and through us. And I want to know you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.